0: You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, guys and gals. Uh, we're going to sit down here, obviously break the bread, get you through here, another episode of uh, you know for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Remember, guys, your hands-free units, whether it's in the car or the fantastic Miss Alexa at Home play podcast Locked on Browns have the latest episode brought up for you so to make sure you're all caught up here. Uh Pete Smith is going to join here tonight. We do have um supposed to record tomorrow afternoon and this one should be a good uh, a real good one. I I don't like giving out you know the bigger names just in case something Doesn't come to pass, but it it should be a pretty good one. And no, it's not a Browns player, guys. We're still trying on that. We're still working on that. Um, We got here, we got, you know, basically some questions put together. And this one actually wasn't bad. And uh, Giovanni Ravis, who, you know, may be looking for some sort of assistant producer role here. Or maybe I'm just tabbing as one. But he's fantastic as far as, you know, bringing things that we can, you know, sneak in here and actually make for some good conversation pieces. I'm going to take the idea he gave us and expand upon it a little bit here for the 2019 NFL season. Uh, But, Pete, you know, I mean, look, everybody likes predictions. Everybody likes shooting their shot early. That's why you see 275 mocks. And, I mean, please, guys, tell me what your favorite 2020, you know, round one mock is, you know. Or is it just insert player X from Alabama or whatever? But, look, these things sell. This, uh, otherwise, people wouldn't do them. So that's all that. So we're going to get to it here. Uh, I guess we go right off the bat, Pete. The 2019 NFL MVP will be...
1: Oh, uh, that's interesting. Uh, I mean, the easy answer is Pat Mahomes. I have a feeling he won't get it the second year in a row.
0: But he could lose a pretty significant
1: piece. yeah. Interesting. Uh, I'll say Aaron Donald gets it.
0: It's just going with the safe. The guy who just killed everybody's really good.
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> there's that, but I mean, there, there's some element of, the, I mean, there, there's going to be quarterbacks that put up a ton of numbers. Obviously, Baker Mayfield could be one of them, but if... You know, Mahomes falls back a little bit if, you know, Tom Brady's not putting up numbers. If some of these other quarterbacks who are getting older aren't putting up a ton of numbers, they may or may may not just sort of largely cancel each other out. And it may be a year where they're basically like, who should we give this to? Oh, Aaron Donald has another almost 20 sack season and all these other things. And they basically go, sure, we'll give it to him.
0: Yeah, I, I. mean, look. I mean, you, first thing first is you, you're going to look at quarterbacks, but yeah, I, I think Pete, we're going to get to the point where some of these quarterbacks start canceling each other out. So, Aaron Donald does make for an interesting selection from that standpoint. I mean, just take the best defensive player in the NFL, and some would argue the best player in the NFL. All
1: right, that's that's 100%. It. He is the best player in the NFL. If you could start, I mean, you can get into arguments about quarterbacks and and their you know their their value and all that. And everything that goes with that, but you know, if you were to just you know set up thirty-two teams and have thirty-two teams picking in order, you know, Aaron Donald still goes top ten, maybe top five. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I would
0: even say I would say top three, because if you because if you do it that way, not every, you know not everybody has to take quarterback early.
1: Right. Well, you I only mean, that's won, thing. You So know, is, is it like is it like basically Pat Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, and then Aaron Donald? Is, like is it, is it one of those situations? I mean, but the, either way, however many quarterbacks you want to argue, the next guy is Aaron Donald.
0: Yeah, exactly. If it's not a quarterback, Aaron Donald is. You know, if you want to say the best quarterback in the NFL is the best player in the NFL, you know, I'll, I'll give it to you. But yes, the best player in the NFL. There, it's hands down. It's that dude. From LA, um, uh, so Pete, obviously, you know, with Aaron Donald here, I, I guess I'll go the quarterback route. And what do you do? You start to look, you know, you look at favorites, um, the homerism. Yeah, we'll say Baker Mayfield. Uh, let's let's revisit that mid October. Obviously, New England, Tom Brady. Eh, uh, you know, obviously Rivers, Mahomes. Then you look at the NFC. Brees is a strong contender. I'll go with Drew Brees as far as giving it to one, because yeah, this is stuff the NFL does. Is they don't; These awards don't end up always going to the guys they should go to. But uh, maybe what could be one last run in the sun. Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, one of those two as your NFL MVP for the 2019 NFL season. Which will bring us to Defensive Player of the Year. Pete, I guess if you were already going this way with it, I guess we you know where you're going here with it.
1: This, you know, it, 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 he's he just will just walk be, up you know, to the
0: podium and don't leave. Miles Right.
1: Garrett. He, the, the, he will be, you know, Miles Garrett has a shot to, you know, fight for it. And there's some other play- J.J. Watt obviously can get in on this. But, you know, he's you know, ever since J.J. Watt sort of hurt his back most recently. You know, the Aaron Donald has been that guy who's sort of taken over. Uh, and and hasn't looked back, and there's no reason to believe short of an injury that he's going to give that up. So he is the best player uh, right now on that side of the ball. So I see no reason for him not to get it unless there's like a, you know, unless and and I don't think we're there yet. We get to the, we're tired of voting for Jordan MVP. Here you go, Charles Barkley, or uh, here you go, Carl Malone type deal. I, I,
0: I, I, uh, I can agree with you more. Like It just, you know, and especially once it got to the point where, you know, Jordan was, you know, Defensive Player of the Year and just everything else. It was just like, all right, well, these award shows nobody else is coming to because you're winning every one of them. I'm actually, I, I will go the homerish route here. If you think about 13 and a half sacks and you think about the fact that it was a defensive line that most of the time it was really just two guys that it consisted of. I'm going to go Miles Garrett here. Um, Now, you think in year three, um, obviously, you know, his rookie year, you know, there was some time missed, uh, you know, proved that, you know, there were no durability concerns in year two. Um, I think as much Miles, as Miles grows more comfortable in his skin and he can be this guy who says, yeah, let's all meet with our dogs or, you know, the game of three, and he can just kind of like be that much more of himself. I think that's just going to resonate to so much more, of the player he can be. I, I it feels weird not to say Sundays when you're talking about the Cleveland Browns. But it's that's just so much more of the player he can be for the sixty minutes which equates to three plus hours of football. It just I think that's I think that's where the the ferociousness and everything that is in the body of Miles Garrett comes out. And then he can go out and kinda of be this geeky millennial normal dude that can hang out with people who like the show or dog lovers and he's just a normal dude who just happens to be an incredibly insane athlete and really good football player so if it's not Aaron Donald Miles Garrett I mean we the only reason he might not get 15 sacks this year is because somebody else might beat him to the you know might beat him to the meat, and he's only going to get a little left, a little of the grizzle on the bone. But I'll, I'll go Miles Garrett here, and that will bring us to comeback player of the year. Um, Giovanni Rives has one guy in mind here, and I think it sets up pretty well. The only thing though is, like, does this work, Pete, like the NBA, where if you didn't play, you're still eligible for the rookie of the year? Because you know that would be the thing with Darius guys.
1: No, I don't think so. He, I, like, I don't think they have an each-or-o Ichiro. Uh... In each row close, okay. So yeah, I think you have to be a rookie. Okay, running so. back player of the year. Um, who had major injuries? I mean, Darius Geis is, was thrown out there. I guess um, I'm not really sure on that one. I mean, but
0: they drafted a running back, and don't they have Adrian? And Adrian Peterson resigned. I mean, the question would be whether or not he gets enough.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. It's it's. AJ
0: Green could be a guy if he can get back to the player he was.
1: Well, like the guy who could, the guy who could honestly win it perhaps is is because they've got so many weapons. Is Andy Dalton? Uh, You know, he may get the he may you know get the publicity I suppose in that aspect with AJ Green back with with uh, with Tyler Boyd coming back and then. You know, investments in the offensive line. If those pay off, he may be the one who ultimately reaps those rewards. Uh, Cooper Cup, I suppose, is in the mix. Um, I don't know if there's really one great option. Uh, I mean, hell, I'd probably give it to Jason Witten.
0: Yeah, just for coming back and saving everybody the favor of having to listen to him on Monday Night Football. Uh, my guess here, I will go. I'll go. Uh, I'll go with Darius, guys. Um, if he's supposed to be the player he was supposed to be, and it was looked like he was giving immediate returns, Adrian Peterson wasn't there. They were comfortable with guys. If they were going to sign him, they would have signed him earlier. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'll go with Darius, guys. I, I think that's a safe one there. Uh, which brings us to offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. Pete, take the ball and run. You pick. You pick. Pick which side you want first.
1: I'll take uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year, and I'll say it'll be uh, good Josh Allen uh, with the Jags. Not only because he's really good, and I think he's going to hit the ground running, but he's put in a position where he should have a lot of success in in no small part to the surrounding cast. Yannick Gakwe across from him, theoretically, uh, Calais Campbell and and Taven Bryan, and, and we'll see on Marcel Darius. Uh, on the interior uh, they have just a lot of options to sort of throw at guys and he may be a, a player that's good enough able to hit the ground running enough where he's going to put up some big numbers and some of those might be slightly artificial by other guys but he's I, I think he's gonna be a really good football player really quickly.
0: Um, For me because you have so many good interior players um, and obviously Josh Allen in, in that's what I'm wondering, and you know, is it going to be kind of like picking and choosing? But I'm going to go back to Pete where it was, and you, know, we said this hell pre-combine. Devin Bush, we do not want him to be a Pittsburgh Steeler in any way whatsoever. I think right off the bat you're talking 100-plus tackles and whatever else comes along with that. So it, I think Devin Bush, for me, this is going to be an easy one because I, I think other positions are going to cancel each other out unless some cornerback goes berserk and ends up with six picks and takes two to the house. But I, I think this safe bet, I hear you, I hear you, I, hear you. I,
1: I I'm sorry, I'm old enough to remember when 10 interceptions wasn't good enough for rookie of the year. Anthony Henry, I see you.
0: I, I hear you, I hear you. But I think the, who, the guy who should give you the safest Statistic total, in my opinion, is Devin Bush. He's going to walk right in. He's going to tackle between 100 and 130 people this year, and you know, just just absolute fly in. Get,
1: getting the the inherent Steelers bump, uh, where There's you can always you, that you can become an All Pro even if you suck. Uh, you know, Marquise Pouncey, greatest center ever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean sure he's going to be in the situ- in a situation where he can make a ton of plays and could could have you know a very similar season to uh uh Darius uh what's his face in Indianapolis uh the, Howard. Yeah, Dari- yeah anyway he uh it, it enters a team that's already very good in front of him which is what uh what what, what the deal was with the Colts uh, it just allowed him to be in a ton of position, uh, ton of situations where, you know, the, he can make a ton of plays. And obviously, the, you know, with the Colts, that dude made a ton of plays. He had like seven sacks and all these other plays. Uh, you know, that that may be tough to match, but just a sheer number of opportunities uh, may get him there uh, on on uh, on on the statistical slash impact part.
0: It's just, I don't know, for me it's the safest one. And, you know, there. It's you know, I know what he's going to do. And some of these guys can cancel each other out. And, look, this isn't a slight on Quentin Williams. Yeah, very easily. But uh, Quentin Williams could have a fantastic season but could get faulted for sack numbers and things of that nature. Which brings us, Pete, to your 2019 NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year.
1: Uh, I'll go on a small limb here and I'll go with Dwayne Haskins. Uh, especially if guys is coming, is able to come back and they have a decent running game. They have better offensive line protection than the other rookies. And it wouldn't surprise me if he comes out, plays well enough to sort of get in that conversation. While you know, Washington goes six and 10 or seven and nine. And that, you know, gets enough credit. Uh, I, I think he's in the, the best situation to sort of make an early impact and combined with the fact he may be on the field earlier than, you know, even he should, but that he could put up enough numbers and sort of be exciting enough that, that people vote for him. Obviously, you know, you play in the NFC East, you on prime time almost all the time, because of course you are. Um, so I'll go with Haskins.
0: It's interesting, Uh, and and quarterback's probably a a safe bet here. Um, If Josh Jacobs wants to make me and Pete look like complete assholes, that may not be a bad guy to pick here. Uh, Noah Fant, if Denver's smart, he's probably better than most of the tight ends you got in the building. He's an interesting guy. You're never going to give it to an offensive lineman, even though Bradbury could have a huge, huge effect in Minnesota. And then there's always the realm of the... You know, sleeper, forgotten guys, like, uh, you know, a Phillip Lindsey. So you you take all that into consideration. And, uh, well, Pete, then there's Daniel Jones. Stop, just stop. Uh, So let's see then. We're going to put our finalization in. I'll go Nikhil Harry with Arizona. I mean, Nikhil Harry, Arizona State with the New England Patriots. Something about that, that selection just makes me think that Bill thinks he knows something that everybody else in the room doesn't, and it's possible because he's proved this time and time again. Uh, but I, I, I do think, and look, as, you know, Sony Michelle obviously there was you know <clears throat> some slow parts, but if you know and missed some time, but if Nikhil Harry is 100% healthy, and Bill put this value in him. And I'm going to go Nikhil Harry. I, I just think he, there there's something Bill thinks he knows with him that the rest of us don't. And for me, yeah, as much as, for me, that's enough to bet on. That's you know, it, it's one of these things where, like, you know, it, so many times you go anti-Belichick, you get proven wrong, where it's just like, all right, we'll just bet on what the hell Bill does. And so what's there, guys? There is no Homer scenario here. Browns-wise. Um, maybe Defensive Rookie of the Year. Hey, look, Greedy Williams. Who knows? Uh, we'll see how that works out. Um, so you,
1: you're betting on the, the Bill Belichick's track record at receiver.
0: I'm betting on Bill Belichick's record,
1: period. Chad Jackson.
0: Not in the first round.
1: Who else have they taken in the, in the first round? It, or, uh, early at receiver, because it's been ugly.
0: It has been. Um, And who was a absolute phenom beast at the running back position in the playoffs last
1: year. Not a receiver. No,
0: he he wasn't. But it was a first-round pick on a guy that one guy on this show said wasn't worthy of being a first-round pick.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I I, I think I had that right. He wasn't worth being a first-round pick because clearly Nick Chubb went in the second round was better.
0: Yes, and one guy had a stellar stellar January Pete So this is a tough spot. Look, we'll, I don't think either of us lost there. I, I that might be it's funny cuz you know that might be something we have to revisit, you know, over 5 years. But uh Who do you,
1: who, who who do you want to take uh, over the next 4 or 5 years?
0: I would take Nick Chubb right now. Okay, then. I would take Nick Chubb right now. But Sony Michelle did put together a hell of a January. So good players. So maybe you know, it could be a draw there, guys. We'll see. Uh look, for the two of them, go ahead Run the ball. Go ahead and get six, seven, six, seven thousand, eight thousand 8,000 yards. Do what you got to do. Oh, by the way, Sony Michelle, that week after the bye for the Browns, uh, it's going to be a tough sledding kid. Maybe take that one off and uh, let the uh, Damian Harris out of Alabama do the heavy lifting that day. I'm going to bring us up a couple of questions or two, people. And why we do that, grab your seats, people. Pete's got the Bluetooth ad and about to run with
1: it. Speaking of guys who get it wrong, uh, you know, when it comes to sex, uh, and, and and you know, maybe you're not waking up every day feeling quite as dangerous as as maybe you'd like to. Uh, and again, you know, there's some days where you feel great, but there are some days where maybe you feel a little bit more like Joe Flaccid as opposed to Baker Mayfield. Uh, it you know, let's let's get it let's get it back to that consistent. Feeling dangerous every day type mentality, and that's where Blue Chew Blue Chew comes in. Blue like the color, blue. Uh, blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the with the same FDA approved active ingredients in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast so you, as a pill. So you can be twice you can be twice as ready whenever an opportunity arises. So it's a question of, do you want to do it right? Or do you want to continue to do it wrong? Like Jeff. And my, my, my advice is let's, 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 let's take care of this. Uh, men who are listening, women who, uh, women who are listening, who are dating men. Let's, let's make everybody uh, wake up feeling a little more dangerous.
0: Um, yes. And guys, the promo code you would need over there at bluechew.com would be locked on. So, uh, and guys, look, I mean, you know, having some fun with it, joking with it, but, uh, look, if it is something you need, or something you're looking for, check it out. And, uh, you know, as Pete had mentioned, it's something that'll work quicker. And for any of you who might be parents or, you know, things of that nature where the time is of the essence, go ahead, check out Bluetooth, Bluetooth, and we thank them for sponsoring
1: Locked I've got, I've got Mrs. Lloyd on the, on the horn. Uh, she's, she's looking to get a box.
0: Yeah, only problem is she's got to use my money to pay for it, damn it. But check out Blue Chew, guys.
1: Sources close to me tell me she has a nice new job that gets her paid. Uh,
0: yeah, that, that may that may very well be the case. So uh, Blue Chew, if you're ready, there could be a purchase coming, I believe. Wednesday would be the 15th. Who knows? We'll see how that works out. Joe Flassett, by the way. That was good. That was good stuff. Um, I'm going to give you this one here, Pete, before we get to... The uh, you know we got a good listener question here, which will bring up a nice debate. The Browns' biggest riser, the Browns' player with the biggest decline, and the most slept-on Brown as we are heading into the beginning of the 2019 season.
1: Biggest riser? That's that's going to be fascinating. Um, I will say the biggest riser will be Joe Schobert. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the shit out of that. I, I, again, I don't know if this
0: is sponsored by Blue Chew or not, but the biggest riser could be. Right. Uh, you
1: know, <laughs> the, you know the, uh, we'll, get to, we'll get to the honorary Jeff pick, um, <clears throat> the, the biggest faller. Um, look, I, I again, not only do I think Joe Schubert's great, I, I think the situation around him is great. Uh, and, and it would be easy to go, well, Nick Chubb, but here's the thing. Nick Chubb was great last year. This may be a situation where Nick Chubb won't get quite the recognition, uh, hasn't gotten quite the recognition he should for his rookie year, and that maybe he hasn't sort of propelled himself onto the national stage yet. But we know he's great. Uh, Joe Schubert, for the most part, is great, but he—he's. He, I think this is the year where he has a career year, could make All-Pro, should make at least make a Pro Bowl, not as an alternate. You have that that. Those type of guys up in front of you, as opposed to uh, you know Larry Ogunjobi in a screen door, uh, and you have you know more talent around him that's going to enable him to do even more in coverage than he's already been doing. So he he may have more opportunities to create turnovers, more opportunities to go in and, uh, and uh, blitz the quarterback. And and for the biggest thing for him is just uh not running into such obviously he's you know that was the first major injury he's ever really had and obviously it wasn't major enough to keep him off the field that long but major enough that it took him out of a couple games they lost all of them and he came back and he was battling at the rest of the year i think uh you know maybe finally this will be the year that that all browns fans start to realize how goddamn good this guy is
0: it's it's not a bad pick, and, and this is obviously for us. I mean, this is something we've talked about. And, and now if you have a better defensive line, and, you know, a lot of people, oh, well, Joe, Mr. Tackle, it's always the tackling, the tackling, the tackling. We get it. Yeah, but, I mean, a lot of it is, is how much did Joe have to do to get there, to get in position to it. Now, with the read and recognition skills that Joe has and the fact that you have almost ten guys on the field – kind of peeking at him pre-snap and seeing if he wants to adjust anything or he's waving somebody, you know, it's two steps back, it's two steps up, it's you, two steps to the left, you, you now A, closer to me, further away from me. You could truly see, and guys, this could, if Pete hits on this, this could ultimately be mean Joe schobert could end up playing somewhere else because, you know, he's going to get himself to a world of a payday which he richly, richly deserves. Well,
1: that's one of those things where, you know. God, I, bless I, God bless Well, him. there's that, certainly. But, I mean, that's one of those things where people keep telling me, well, they'll let Joe walk. I mean, if I'm running that front office, that dude's not going anywhere. Uh, there are other guys I will let walk out the door long before I let that dude go. Glue guy, obviously uh, brilliant in terms of running the defense and all those things. And even if that means he's going to move to will, doesn't change the value of what he brings and what he can do from that position. So, whether it's Mike or you know you get good enough at, the, at uh, with another guy that now you have the luxury of being able to move him to Will. He's still look. I, I'm going to pay one premium linebacker contract, and he's it. Uh, J- Jamie Collins obviously gone. Uh, Chris Kirksey, you know, short of a, a a drastic restructure on top of a great season, he will be gone. You will have no money invested at linebacker, so you've got to keep one guy, one main dude at each level of the defense, and that's the one I would definitely want to keep at that one.
0: And the thing is, is it's, it's just so key to the essential play of the defense. I mean, you know, it's still a little old school, and it's thinking that your middle linebacker is your quarterback or your defense, but it's, it's not with this team because it, it runs and it flows through Joe. Um, my riser, uh, I'm going to go with Antonio Callaway. Um, we're to the point now with Odell Beckham. Obviously, you know, four years older. We're talking about guys who wanted to wanted to be like Odell Beckham. They and I wonder with a guy with Antonio Callaway if he's going to sit there and watch every day and say, "You want to know what?" And pick apart the game and you know what can I do that he does to help me? And there were times last year where we saw a guy just scratching the surface. And part of this is going to be tough because Baker, it's. Look, there's going to be times where, look, if look if Odell's open, most likely you're throwing a 13. But it's not like Antonio Calloway is not going to be able to get himself open. And if you're going to put some shade coverage on Odell, until Antonio Callaway brings it. Um, in my opinion, he will end up the second-best statistical receiver on this team. And from what we saw last year, and there were weeks, Pete, where it was really, really good, and there was weeks where he was kind of invisible. Uh, I don't think that we're going to see so much of the case this year. And I think Antonio Callaway is going to show as maybe a really, really good number two wide receiver, which is going to put you in a difficult situation. We're not going to get to that tonight, guys. I don't want to text tomorrow. But it's going to put you in a really difficult position going into 2020 with some other wide receivers in this roster. And we'll just leave it at that.
1: Yeah, he – well – unfortunately don't
0: do it don't do it don't 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 do it i'm not it's
1: not gonna be here it's gonna be you you brought it up it's coming um the A- antonio callaway is ideally suited for what baker mayfield wants to do he's got strength he's got ability after the catch he can do you know
0: he could easily played with him in that oklahoma offense easily
1: right um obviously you know he's got to keep himself on the field and, and producing But you can certainly make the argument that, you know, even with the chemistry that Bigger clearly had with Higgins last year, that in terms of, you know, other than Beckham, who's the second best fit, um, it's it's Callaway. And the only thing really going to hold that back, obviously, Callaway has to clean up some mistakes and just get better. But it really seems like the only thing that will hold uh, Callaway back in year two uh, assuming he's on the field is you know, just not sort of engineering passes his way. and and again, with Freddie Kitchens, I don't think that's really an issue, but it just seems like that you know he's in a position with with all the talent that's on this team that he may be the guy that has a monster year uh, just because he will have easier situations in addition to getting more comfortable and all that stuff that comes with it
0: you know and so for me i i just think he's going to i just think he's going to flourish because I mean we're to this point now where there are a bunch of kids who like Odell Beckham is the dude they wanted to be and it's gonna be it's gonna be it, it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be crazy uh pete decline it, w- so i guess it's gonna kind of come down to the weak link where we're at right now I think I know my my guy but go ahead
1: yes yeah, it, for me it's landry and that's Not necessarily a lack of talent on his part. And it might
0: not even be – it could be not even due to his own fault. It could just be that there is just so much else around at every position. And if he ends up catching 50 passes, I don't think Jarvis Landry is going to be too happy.
1: Right. So, obviously, he had 149 targets last year. Um, He had 90 – I think it's 93 or 95 targets The first eight games with Hugh Jackson, the latter eight games when Freddie Kitchens took over, that number dropped to 55. Now you add in Odell Beckham. That number would theoretically keep going down, even if it's 90 to 100, um, and and they may be way better targets. But by virtue of the fact that that number is going to drop, I don't see Freddie changing his mindset of, I'm going to go with who's ever open. And Baker's going to go with whoever's open. It's going to be Odell and then everybody else. And when it comes to everybody else, I'm not convinced, and and last year certainly is not the basis for doing it, of saying that there are guys that are like Callaway, like Higgins, like potentially a guy like uh, Njoku that could surpass him and make him that much Less important, and just by virtue of that, even if he's great at everything he does, it's really hard to see where those numbers are going to come from. Like, you know, I, I, I would be more, you know, the, the the that's why I thought the that one presser was such weird, unnecessary pressure in this, you know, this LSU Tiger offense uh, they're talking about because Beckham may end up with like twelve hundred and fifty yards. And Landry's over here with what could be a very nice 700, 800 yards, but it just doesn't validate the pay. And it's going to look like a disappointment by virtue of, you know, what people sort of think he should should be doing.
0: Yeah, and like if you equate that, that's, you know, I mean, and you figure what, six and six for, you know, Callaway – and Higgins, you know, maybe Callaway could be more. And that puts you, you know, well over the 3,000 mark right there just between the three of them, which is a fantastic number from your wide receiver crew. It, 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 You know, nothing to sneeze at whatsoever. But is that what, you know, Jarvis Landry wants? I mean, you know, you know, to get your money, you want to be put in the position to do what you do, and that's what's going to make things difficult in that. For me, I, I guess it would be I, – I, I guess I'm just going to say offensive tackle. Um.
1: It, it, oh, that's a cop-out. Well, pick, one, pick one.
0: But Hubbard seems so easy. He seems okay, so easy. Okay, then
1: go with Greg Robinson.
0: Greg Robinson. Can he keep it cleaned up? Can Greg Robinson... The thing is, we have... What was, I guess, what, Pete? Three and a half years of Greg Robinson from all the stops in the NFL. We have, what, three... Uh, he was 14, so we have... We have four years of what with Greg Robinson, and then now all of a sudden we're supposed to change the narrative over eight games. That's where the question for me lies, and you know, as we've said, you know, as Pete said, and I I, I agree with the sentiment with Greg Robinson is, is he's either going to play this year and go into free agency as a guy the Browns don't want back, or he's going to play himself into free agency and he'll be a guy the Browns can't afford. I I have more reservations and fears that he'll be the guy that the Browns will just move on from. Look, uh, obviously the offensive line coach brought in here. You hope that's, but for me, and if we're going to pick the decline guy, the downward guy, the not Jeff guy, no way at all. But the he's got he's probably my biggest concern with this offense, and it is just because it was a it was a sample size. And Greg Robinson, he still would have been a Ram if he was good, as they you know, took off. Uh, Detroit, uh, you know, they would have found a way to keep him around. For me, it's, you know, with decline, you're looking for your biggest concern at a key position. And for me, it, it, it's probably Greg Robinson. I I want to be proven wrong here because there's nothing I love better. And obviously we did it with Bishard Perriman, and we talked about this a ton with Greg Robinson last year. There's nothing better for a guy who basically had his career cast as a bust, you know, bust that bust and say, no, 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 I, I, I can do it. I just need the right situation, but he's still as the left tackle here of this franchise. It definitely causes me some concern.
1: I think he will be better than last year, and it, it, I hope. And it, I hope. And it comes down to one thing: contract year. Um, look, he's getting seven, well, he, potentially nine million dollars this year. Which already is made a ton.
0: Already made a ton too, though.
1: Right, but there is an element of look. This is your his last super you know his last great opportunity to make that big contract yeah. 30
0: 35 million guaranteed whatever the rest of the content right. contract is written to nonsense in addition
1: person. to everything else uh and in, re- in addition to redeeming himself and all that but he also did do a lot of things to genuinely improve himself my concern with him is always and continues to be balance but he's doing a lot of things better uh and he does benefit greatly from having baker mayfield so if he can just keep from getting beat inside and can sort of, you know, slingshot people or run people out around uh, behind Baker Mayfield, then he should be at least okay uh, in that respect. I actually think, you know, he he may benefit from having the full off season. Uh, so we shall see. But uh, I, I, it's not that I disagree with that being a risk. Certainly not that I disagree that it could. Absolutely, be a huge problem a couple weeks into the season, where we're going. Oh, Jesus! Uh, but uh, I am that I am reasonably optimistic that he will play better. Meanwhile, I am very concerned Chris <laughs> will play worse.
0: So, and that, that's also part of it, though. My, my my part of it is is the help of the pass protection. Is it always going to be geared in towards? We're going to have to bail out whatever the hell is going on on the right side of the offensive line,
1: or he'll just get benched.
0: But even still then, but, you know, I mean, look, if Lamb's the better player, you know, be that as it may, and I hope it works out that way. But I I just don't want it to be predetermined on their part that, you know, we're always going to need the assistance for what's going on with the right tackle or the right side, obviously, because Corbett's there already. And you're going to overvalue a a half-a-season work of Greg Robinson and say, no, 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 they're fine over there. And, you know, some mean old SOBs coming off that side, the Baker's blind side, which does, you know, cause me, you know, some concern there. Biggest Browns sleeper headed into the 2019 season, Pete.
1: Uh it's hmm. a good question. Uh I will say if I really want to go deep sleeper on this, I will say Richard Higgins. Um, they
0: have that we we talked about it so much. Him and Baker got that yin and yang. It's and you know he could have there were times people we talked about, we've been okay with him as the number two wide receiver on this team. If it was maybe somebody else, but then Jarvis. But the thing with Higgins is just sometimes a quarterback and a wide receiver have a rapport and they just, they just read each other and it it just comes naturally. And it's definitely between those two.
1: Right. So obviously again with him, you know, he, he signed the restricted tender uh, this is his opportunity to sort of, you know, make big and get a nice contract. And Baker Mayfield is certainly the horse to bet on from that standpoint on helping him deliver. Uh, and, and it may be like a Deion Branch situation outside of the Browns where pretty good player with the Browns then leaves B- Baker Mayfield and goes and becomes, you know, really average elsewhere. But uh, again, the, a lot of this comes down to. Freddie kitchens and the fact that he has not been remotely afraid to just find ways to get guys, uh, opportunities to help themselves out. And then when they make plays, he rewards them. Uh, Baker Mayfield certainly is not afraid to throw to Richard Higgins. I mean, in terms of just QB rating and, and from one quarterback to one target that, that matchup was the best on the team and it wasn't close. Um, they just have a great sense for each other, and the Browns were better when Rashard Higgins was on the field as opposed to when he wasn't. Uh, so that's you know a, another guy where I think, and, and not unfairly in this case, that you know he there are people who sort of think of him as a bit of a jag, and that's just how good Baker Mayfield is. But I do think he he improved immensely from that uh, his previous few years, and obviously having a real quarterback helps. But he also made his share of plays that like he bailed out a situation or made a play for Baker Mayfield that that was just great, whether it was toe touch in the corner of the end zone or a leaping grab to, you know, move the chains or whatever. There are a couple of plays where he looks like other dudes on this team who are, you know, like one time where, you know, I, I thought that must've been Rashard Perryman when he went up and got, you know, stretched out and got a play. And you're like, oh, that's, you know, that's, that's Rashard Higgins. He's, you know, making another play and it wasn't, he didn't have a ton of them. Uh, obviously, you know there would have been. It would have been nice to get more plays, uh, but he had the injury, and maybe that will continue into this season. But that that will be one of the biggest things to watch, whether it's training camp or the preseason. Is is is, is does Freddie and does Todd Munkin resist the urge to feel beholden to anyone and just sort of let the offense flow? I, I have faith that they will, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, I mean, because you want them to use the approach of, look, everybody's good. So, you know, find a way to get everybody on the field and get them within the roles they're comfortable with. And that's what Odell brings you. That's with having the stabilization of the running back where, you know, we have Nick Chubb. You know, you'll have Kareem Hunt going into your ninth game. And, you know, obviously David just continues to just, you know, climb the mountain with his athleticism and, you know, you know consistency where Baker will put the ball on his numbers and put it above his belt, which makes David a better player. Uh, for me, uh, when I think sleeper, I think wild card. And for me, I, I go to Jannard Avery. We're not sure what he is exactly in this new defensive scheme. Um, you know he can get after the quarterback. You know if, you know, you don't ask him really to cover at linebacker. You know, as long if it's zone coverage, he can. Man coverage, do not ask him to do it. It's a problem for him. It's Jernard Avery. And, uh, you know, if there's times where it's, you know, miles, you want to go with your speed package and it's Olivier on the outside, Miles on the inside, Sheldon Richardson, and, you know, Jernard Avery man's one end. I think Jernard Avery I, – I, I don't think he's good. going to be the, you know, if he does get the pass rushing opportunities that he should, he's not going to be the guy that's going to warrant much pass blocking because of, you know, the, the other names. And he, I, I think he could easily probably double his sack total from last year. And if you're just going to use him in a straight speed rush, which was always my thing when he came here and you know, it was that Elvis Dumerville guy I was looking for, Janard Avery guy, Pete, I, I would be stunned if it was an 8-10 to 10 sack season just because... He, he, some of it will be clean up, and he's intelligent enough to adjust his rush to you know as the quarterback steps up. But I, I think it's going to be really, really easy for Genard Avery because you know, as you like to say, sometimes he's going to draw the turd.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, look, I, I, I think I, I I will be curious to see if they even pretend that that Sam linebacker thing was a th- what was a thing other than if they want to put him out there to blitz. Because he's really, really good at it. Uh, other than that, I think he's going to be that, you know, a nickel rusher. He's going to come in, and I'm hoping it's in a package where Miles Garrett moves to the three, and they have Vernon and, and Avery outside, uh, and that you know he's a huge problem. One of the things he did really well, and and again, you you sort of forget this, and and I always found myself reminding myself, even though he's you know 250 some pounds or maybe 260 he's really powerful. Like he looks small just by virtue of the fact that the Browns are enormous. So I, I, you know, there were a lot of plays that were made in the backfield where, you know, miles Garrett would, you know, close in on a sack and Avery was able to sort of log that offensive tackle and and ensure there was nowhere to run, which I think is a hugely valuable part. Uh, But yeah, I think he should have a, a really good season. Uh, as that third guy, uh, as a guy who's sort of like felt, you know, may get viewed as almost like a break.
0: Yeah. in I don't know. He's I, he's I think he's like a toy at this point, you know, because if you get in a pinch, he can play some linebacker. It's probably not his strength, but I think he can absolutely do anything you would need in the pass rushing scenario. And especially when the fact that you were just going to, you know, you were going to be able to come guns ablazing with pass rushers. Guys, iTunes rating reviews, uh, you know, drop a five-star, drop a written review, uh, you know, tell everybody how hard we're working, you know, whether it's the fantastic Bluetooth uh, live reads from Pete, whatever. But iTunes rating reviews, essential to the show, essential to growth and other people finding us. Cannot thank you enough for that. And we will get to this as we close here and this is from um guys we it, 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 part of this which is fun is like the the people who interact you know with us about the show or whatever in and, and where they come from and there's there's a a solid group of browns fans in australia which is really pretty cool and uh one of them is drake Maddox, and he's been kind of been around since pretty much you know the beginning since we took I took over here in late September of 2017. Um, and it, 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 well, well, part of his question, we kind of did here, we did it Browns wise, but actually the second part of it is really good. And we'll use this as we go on, but uh, over, well, over under, let's Pete, AFC North win totals.
1: Uh, so I've got the Browns, you know, the over under mark, I would say it, it is, I think it's largely at nine. Um, Which you know, if I wasn't a giant betting coward, I would be all over that.
0: Uh, We talked about this during the Super Bowl. I think, I think,
1: you know, I think nine and a half or ten is probably. I think nine and a half is probably a little bit fairer. Ten is, ten is where I feel like that's in the middle ground of where they should end up. I'd be really surprised if they end up, uh, you know. In a situation where they're potentially going eight and eight or seven and nine, given the schedule. So you know if I'm trying to if I'm trying to set a over under where I get you know real bets on both sides, uh, trying to drive action. I think nine and a half is probably where I'd go.
0: Uh, look, I mean, for me, look, uh, I'm 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 reading the I'm reading the uh, the painting on the wall. Uh, this is a double digit win franchise if everything goes the way it should be. So you know, I'm gonna go eleven and five, twelve and four, and then there's the rest of this division. For me, it's Pittsburgh, Baltimore. You know, they'll probably be in that nine and seven, eight and eight purgatory. Which I don't. I, I'll tell you right now, I do not believe there's going to be more than one AFC North team going to the playoffs this year. I, I don't see it. I, I don't believe it for a second. I believe the AFC South should be able to get two teams. The AFC West should certainly be able to get two teams. Uh, and then you know, there's Cincinnati where, I mean, look, I mean, if you're Cincinnati right now, you don't want to win six games. You don't want to win five games. You want to win two. Uh, I mean, that's what the Jonah Williams selection said to me is, let's get some guys in the building, and we'll go looking for a quarterback next year.
1: Right. So I would put the Bengals at about four and a half. Um, I think that's about eight of them. We collapse.
0: Bring to it that-
1: well, I, you know, a stomach to do that. Uh, Baltimore, I will say seven and a half. Uh, I think they could really struggle. I think they're going to be a very popular sort of, you know, regarded as sort of the under radar chic pick to do a lot of damage and then could easily over- underwhelm. And then, you know, despite everything they've lost, I think the Steelers at about eight feels about right, maybe eight and a half. Um, Again, it's one of those things you can't really bet against the Steelers, but if it goes bad, chances are it will go really bad. So that's where that middle ground seems to be.
0: Well, and the thing with Pittsburgh is there's only one head left to cut off before you say, all right, we got to change a bunch of crap around here. And it's number seven. Um, you know, Le'Veon Bell is still in the prime of his career. Antonio Brett, still in a his career. There was one dude in Pittsburgh who, you know, didn't fit the – Mark, although, you know, Ben, obviously, you know, the numbers were there, doesn't fit the prime of career narrative. So, but I I just don't see it for any other franchise. Baltimore, I mean, I I do, unless they come out in week one, week two, and they show that they are, you know, a lot more different than they used to be. And they're going to let Lamar Jackson go out there and actually be an NFL quarterback and use his legs to their advantage where it's, you know, you're running some four and five wide sets. And you know he's leaving the pocket because everybody's covered, and he can pick up 20 to 25 yards, as opposed to this, you know, straight called runs or designed runs, which it's never good for a quarterback with his stature. And you know Trace McSorley may be there to pick up the scraps. Which about that, Pete? Is there anything we missed?
1: I don't think so. I think I think we're I think we're square.
0: think we're square we think we're square um guys obviously uh, a pleasure as always and you know cannot thank you all enough here um like i said we're sitting down hopefully with you know what should be a really really good guest i think you guys will enjoy tomorrow afternoon uh brent sobleski coming in here soon somewhere in the next couple of days um for me a little bit busy in the soccer area so we're going to do everything we can to keep pushing out great content and I appreciate everybody's flexibility guest wise as far as everything they can do but uh, obviously you're all digging everything right now the show uh, you know, we're doing the numbers are wearing and we're in like the dead period which is crazy this is probably the advantage that we have you know other than uh Nathan and Bo Bishop and the great stuff that's going on over at CBD. Uh, Not much other daily content you're getting, uh, which is good. And I appreciate everybody for being here for it and couldn't be more thankful. Uh, Pete, as you know, starts to get settled in his new home. um, But make sure you're following uh, at underscore Pete Smith underscore the On Browns Twitter account at On Browns. Always a follow back account. Anything you need, any questions. I know some people are Twitter shy, as we always say. You know, you want to send a DM over there. Whatever, no problem. I'm uh, really good at returning those things. Uh, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Go ahead, throw a follow over there. Uh, again, guys, uh, you know, with the iTunes rating reviews, keep those up. You know, we're closing in on 200 or whatever. Let's get that to 210, 215 by tomorrow, whatever. Um, you know, you, you guys have asked for some more. Just me and Pete, being me, me and Pete, and it's good. You know, this is where Buju came back. This is an idea we had months ago, and as soon as we realized it was a good idea. Blue Chew wasn't sponsoring for a while, but like, look, we're guys, we're talking football, it's busting chops, busting balls, it's what it's all about, it's fun. We're blessed with it. Um, So with that, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the L.O.B. let's go Browns.